Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 121 of the All Dolphins podcast on this Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. As we always do. Much to the delight of a lot of viewers, much to the chagrin of some viewers, uh, we're going to recognize a player that wore the jersey number corresponding to the episode number, number 21. Uh, I don't know if, if we had started this process when we, had, we were at episode 21. If not, the most significant in terms of length of career has to be Jim Kick, member of the 1972 Dolphins. But I'm going to go more recent and a, a man who is near and dear to your heart, Omar. Brent Grimes, uh, stupidly good cornerback the Dolphins got as a free agent after he had torn Achilles in the season opener with the Atlanta Falcons. And the question was when the Dolphins signed him was, is he going to go back to being the Brent Grimes he was back in his good year with the Falcons? And he sure as hell did. Um, one of the best athletes that I've ever seen. Um, I, I, we talk about it all the time. And um a man who gets out of a pool in a standing jump, no stairs, straight out of the water. Um, can still do it to this day. Uh, one of the rarest, most unique athletes that I've ever seen and ever covered. It's not just that he's a friend, um, but you know, his wife is like a sister to me. Um, we did a we did we did we did shows together. We did radio shows together and they were quite successful until she got hemmed up and harassed and arrested. In, in front of a Dolphins game and really targeted. Um, all of those charges were dropped, and basically she um, decided against fighting litigation because she was targeted. But it, listen, good people, great player. Um, I hate the way that it ended, but it ended that way strategically because Miko was basically trying to force Brent's release. Then they decided as an organization, you're too valuable to release. We're going to trade you. We've decided to trade you to the Arizona Cardinals. And Brent was like, well, actually, Miko was like, no, you're not trading him. You're going to release him because we're not reporting to the Arizona Cardinals. And if the Arizona Cardinals want us, they could bid for us just like everybody else. What people don't realize about Miko Grimes is Miko Grimes was a boss. And she ran all of Brent Grimes' business affairs. Okay. And Omar is a boss. Yeah. Okay. But Omar, in the interest of fairness, uh-huh. and I know these, these are friends of yours, what would you say to the notion, accusation, charge that she put out there business items related to the team, not business items, like issues related to the team, i.e. quarterback performance and practice that maybe should not have been put out there? If we're going to be fair, quarterback performance in practice, um, you'd have she to basically be- she basically was was saying that I don't remember exactly what it was, and I and I hate to 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 do this, but it basically was suggesting that players in like Tannehill completely sucked, or or in practice, or <laughs> and then you make and you make the face, or that the players were told not to to go out on defense because you don't want to hurt. Isn't isn't that stuff? Oh, that, oh 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 oh! Those are all real stories, though. I, I know, I understand that. Isn't you that mean, stuff that should have stayed in house that she had no business putting out there? Um, one, she didn't put it out there. It what, what, what's that for? That huh? basically she didn't. No, she. Well, the players. Here's the thing. Um, if you're referring to when we did a radio show together. Um, Miko was very, very protective of the team, the organization, Brent. Um, but she still did her job as an analyst. Um, yes. Do I feel like her beef with Lauren Tannehill contributed to maybe her dislike for Ryan? 
probably. However, the defense didn't like Ryan. And I think you could testify to that. There, the, the offense didn't like Ryan. And I think you could also testify to that. So if you're sitting here and placating and pretending like everything's all cool with this quarterback we gave $97 million to when nobody on his team really believed in him. And every time people started not believing in, you had to purge the old team, like you had to purge the entire wide receiving room. Um, like, you know, one of my, one of my, one of my, one of my like most like awakening moments about Dolphins coverage and how things work in the NFL. Um, two instances. Um, back in 2007, Tony Sperana era. The team came to him. Huh? 2008 was his first year. 2008 was first. Yeah. Two. The team came to him and the team said, Tony, we don't believe in Chad Henney. We'd like to go to Matt with, with Chad Pennington as a quarterback. You know, this is what we feel gives us the best chance to win. Okay. He evaluated it. He assessed it. He made the change. It lasted two snaps before. He got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Before 10 to, but the coach was like, okay, I, you know, we, we I, like, I understand this is what I needed to get the confidence of my team after years of watching Tannehill at practice. And this is not my, this is not my opinion. These are facts and we'll, we, we'll, we can bring on people to discuss these facts because, you know, we've got Devon Best coming on Thursday. I think Tannehill was his quarterback, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, but, you know, and I've talked about it. I've chronicled it. The receiver coup of 2000 and I forget what year. These years just, just lump in. The receiver coup were the receivers in the final month of the season went to Joe Philbin and said, Joe, it wasn't the defense. Now, did the defense put the battery in the receiver's backs? Yes. But it wasn't the defense that did it. Everybody on the defense was very aware that they didn't like Tannehill. They didn't believe in Tannehill. They thought the team had a better chance with Matt Moore. That was defense. But when your receivers to a man, all of them, every single one, go to the head coach and say, Joe, we feel like we have a better chance to win with Matt Moore if we're going to make the playoffs. We want Matt Moore to be the starting quarterback for the final month of the season. And you basically tell them, no. And then get rid of all of them, uh, except for Jarvis. That's a problem, and it lead. And then the next year, your team didn't play for you at all, and you got fired in the first in the first five months, five month, five games of the season. Well, it shouldn't have been brought back. I think I think we can we can yeah. all agree on that. So, you know, we get to this conversation because she, yeah, okay. She put out business that was team business. I don't think she did that. She's not the only person who was providing information. And it wasn't like those stories were coming straight from me. So people who were saying, oh, she's feeding me in information and I'm writing these stories. Was was <laughs> you if you were oh, Chris McCain would be a great guy to bring on to this podcast oh, man. For, for the practice squad. Uh, the, the, like Tannehill disrespected the practice squad players and it created a, uh, on a bad day of practice, he disrespected the practice squad players and they were like, oh yeah, mother bleeper. Okay. We're going to make sure you don't get a single pass off. And then they actually started practicing like it was a real game, turning up the intensity and he couldn't do squat. And then he got more irate and very disrespectful. And say la vie. 
you know, and then the team covered it up and buried it over and played like everything is nice, but the damage was done. Like, you know, it was done when they signed him to that long contract extension. And, and, you know, Tannehill was what he was, but he wasn't a upper echelon quarterback. And I, I don't still don't think, even though he finished the season as the number one passer rated quarterback in one of those great years that Derrick Henry carried that team. And, you know, he was a good facilitator and took the team to two AFC championship games, which we would have dreamed he'd achieve in this scenario. What? One. You sure? Yeah, went against KC, one of the first KC trips to the Super Bowl. And they were on like the doorstep the next year, the, the year after that, I believe, or something like that. They may have been the number one seed. Yeah, maybe something, something. I mean, he achieved things in Tennessee he never achieved here. And he will continue to be recycled as an average starting quarterback in the NFL and continue to add on to his $200 million in career earnings. And he should be proud of himself. And he'll probably go on do TV and, you know, be a broadcaster and may hell, maybe run a franchise. But that doesn't mean that he's not a mediocre quarterback and will ever be anything more than a mediocre quarterback. And I always go back to a conversation you and I had in the parking lot after the wake-off game, Halloween 2013. Beginning of Oligate. Yep. But I told you. I remember that. Tannehill's second year, and I said, he's too good an athlete to ever be a complete scrub. He doesn't have anywhere in the instincts to ever be anything other than average. And that's pretty close to how it's turned out. I think he but could. Ten, but 10 years on the line, he's still in the NFL. Yeah. I think with a great coach, when I say great, I mean great coach, put him with Andy Reid. I think he can potentially do more. But, but, but. We all know who he is. Like, that's, that's three bucks. No, dude, he, he got to lead the NFL in passer rating one year. That's maxing him out. And maxing him out because everybody was scared of Derrick Henry running the ball. So play action passes. Okay, let's move on from Ryan Tannehill. Now it's 12 minutes, so I can I can just imagine some, some of the viewers going completely crazy because we've talked about Oh, yeah, but they got the dirt. They got the laundry. Like, okay. and you, you, you alleging that Miko put out their business? Like, mm, not really. Miko I'm old. not the only one who's alleging it. That, that's, that was a major perception down here. That and, and I believe at the time, like, the implication was, like, who else would know what's going on at practice if not for, for players who would be leaking it out, obviously. Do you, um, like, do you not so, think I have relationships? And one, it wasn't always me putting out those stories. So I don't I even... Said, I never said it was you. I didn't include you in that conversation. Yeah, because, yeah. like, obviously, if I put out those stories, exactly where do people think it's going to come from? So I half the time, half mm-hmm. the time, I knew shit. I wasn't even writing. Like, so, it, it you know, but... They forced their way out. They saw the writing on the wall, which was the Dolphins trying to basically shake them down like they're going to try to shake down Xavier and Howard. Players see the writing on the wall. They, they they see how they start treating them, and and they see how they start talking about them, and they see how they start leaking things out to the media. And when Miko realized that, Miko was like, oh, yeah? Well, let's force our way out of this situation right now. Just don't, don't even think that you're going to trade me for whatever you feel like you could trade me for. Release him now. And Miko went on a rampage. And I totally understood it. Because when you get traded, you don't have control over where you play, how you play, what scheme you play, what you're playing for. No, don't trade me. Release me. Let me let me let me find my let me find my own way. If you don't want me, release me. And that's why these, you know, these teams that think that these players, these these one-sided contracts, that they're indentured servants, eh. So Miko's gangster about her business and has always been gangster about her business. Okay, but when you go in with the contract, you have to have the juice to be able to have to make that kind of move. And fortunately for him, Brent was a good enough player where he was able to get released and sign with the Bucks, even though that didn't last terrible. I think he just wound up with injury after injury when he got with the Bucks. Um 
I think no. he had one decent year, and then correct me if I'm wrong. I think he had one decent year with the Bucks, and then the injuries took over. And his he had two but, decent years, and I and injuries weren't really what led to Brent. Brent just really just didn't want to play anymore, and and it it wasn't in his heart anymore. And when it starts not being in your heart, I don't think he ever formally retired. And I, I promise you, Brent could probably still play cornerback in the NFL, if not start cornerback in the NFL. It's it's just not it's just not in his heart anymore. Okay, and yeah. He once played, once he that leaves, he played through his in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Once that leaves, and he played fourteen years, fourteen years in the NFL. I think fourteen years is good enough. Counting practice squad years because he remember oh, he had oh, a, okay, yeah, that's twelve. It's twelve years of regular season games. Um, if you believe advanced stats, as last year as, uh, with Tampa wasn't very good because the advanced stats have him as one sixteen point two in passer rating. Anyway, um, let's move on. Right, but I, I will reiterate one point that you made. Yeah, that there's a lot of stuff that reporters know don't and don't write. That's yeah, that that happens quite a bit. So on to the 2023. A lot of stuff I know right now that I don't write. Like, <laughs> yeah, you you saw one of them yesterday. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, yeah, and there was a time I was a lot more inside, a lot more inside than I am now, and I knew a lot of stuff, and I couldn't. A lot of information you can't do anything with, and it's like, oh, but I know, I know for my purposes. You, you can't, you can't do anything with. You, yes, you can. What you can do is you can barter it. Information is to be bartered. It depends on the circumstances, and I will leave it at that. So, 2023 Dolphins are at the bye. What we're going to do is we're going to chop it down between offense and defense, look back at what we saw in the first half of the season, look ahead to what we might see or hoping to see or could see in the second half of the season. (laughs) Um, If I look back at the first half of the season – to me, the overriding theme, as I've said all along, is speed, 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 and speed. Uh, pointing to a specific moment, obviously, it's the Denver game with all those crazy numbers. Um, here's what I've been taught by a guy who's actually an NFL GM right now. Take your best two games. You've said that before. Out of the equation. Take your worst two games out of the equation. And that's who you are as a team. Right now, the Miami Dolphins are a upper echelon offense with a trending upward defense. But we're not talking about defense today. We're just doing offense with a consistent run game that can't necessarily run with power. And I'm going to actually humbly admit to you that, yes, Alan Poupard, they are a finesse team. I love this. Even though they are the number one running team in the NFL. No, they're not. They're not anymore, Mark. Come on. All right. For most of the season, they finally get taken down. They're number two. And all of a sudden, you want to you want to put a crown on your head because. No, no, no. I don't want to put a crown on my head. I, I, I am. You, you, you just want to put a crown on your head just because you, you're finally right. They're not number one. Omar, you're setting me up right now to, to get in everybody's crosshairs. I am an, I am a writer and editor by trade. I've done copy editing as long as I've done writing. Therefore, I do not like incorrect facts being out there, and I'm not correcting Omar. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not correcting Omar to be like, eh, Dolphins are not number one. I'm correcting Omar because the fact is that right now, the Baltimore Ravens have overtaken the Dolphins for as the number one rushing team statistically, and yes, the Dolphins – had led in that category pretty, pretty much the entire season. Okay. All right. So let I me correct to, myself for this statement and say that the Miami Dolphins for seven of the nine weeks of the NFL season have been the number one rushing team in the NFL. Is that more comfortable for you? It's not a question. Mm. Omar, damn, you're going to get on my bad side. Uh, not a question. I live on your bad side. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Again, you're going to stay there. You're going to get buried there. Um, now I'm trying to think when they when they jumped to number one. I, I think they might have jumped to number one after the, well the Denver game when they went completely nuts. I don't know if they were number one 
Because the number one team after week one was the Chargers, who ran for 230. All right, let me withdraw my statement. For for the majority. Yes, thank you. Of the second of the first half of the season, the Dolphins have been the number one rushing team in the NFL, and at one point averaged 50 yards more than the yes. NFL average. Yes. Will you will you allow that one? No, dude, that's completely accurate. All right, we finally we ha- finally come to a consensus. Okay, now we have come to the facts. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're like you're like a multimedia guy, where a lot of it is presentation and all that. I'm like more of an of a print guy. Yes, because I'm old. Uh, where the facts have to be at the top. Dude, I look at cereal boxes, and if I see a Print is dead, my brother. Print is dead. Let it die. Omar, I look at cereal boxes, and if I say typo, it drives me nuts. Literally. So, anyway. Um, Here's my concern moving forward since we're addressing the running game. Okay? Yes. We got Raheem Mostert on that injury. We all know, despite what you want to think, this is Raheem Mostert's backfield. And I would argue to you this is Raheem Mostert's team. In the hierarchy of power status and and influence raheem is in the top five name me five with more power status and influence well you went from he's the one with the most power to one of the top five well i said he's one he's one of the guys with the most power he's in the top five of power one of these not the one with the most power. is he in the top five of power hierarchy on this team not coaches uh to tyree christian wilkins teron armstead and then uh, Jalen Ramsey, maybe. Even though I know he just got back, but he's a guy who, oh, he is he is highly significant. I know that he's played two games. Who's been carrying the whole? Who's been carrying the torch? Who leads the NFL in scoring? Poupard. Who does Mike McDaniel make sure that he feeds touchdowns to? Who is the leader of that, that running that back? That wasn't your question, though. Are you? Is you, there no validity to my? Putting out Boy, where are your tap shoes? Where 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 are your tap shoes today? Did your mother make you take tapping lessons? If you if you've ever seen me move, you would never ever suggest I've ever taken any dancing lessons of any kind. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Okay. He's number six in the power hierarchy. Are you, well, is that, well, hold on. <laughs> is that is that are, are you comfortable with that? We can, or? we can we can he is he's absolutely near the top. I'm just. I okay. want to know. I apologize. This is my contrarian nature at work. Is he number six, Pupard? I let Ramsey in. Is, some, is there anybody else in the club that you want to let in? <laughs> Not now. <laughs> like, uh, damn. Okay. Zach Sealer. Bradley Chubb, maybe? Bradley Chubb. Yeah, yeah, okay. Of course, yes. Um, <laughs> he's, he's at least he's in the top 10, okay? Um, He's in the top 53 without question. <laughs> All right. Well, you just keep tapping, tapping, tapping. But I am concerned about Raheem's health. History says that he generally breaks down at the end of seasons. We're trying to ensure that he doesn't. It would be great if he had a supplement of backs that can support him. I'm going to be completely honest and transparent with you. Right now, I don't like the backfield. Jeff Wilson is shell of himself at this present moment. I get it. Maybe he's still working on getting in football shape. Savan Ahmed, who's I love the guy. Nice guy. I I want to talk to him every single day in the locker room. We have such great conversations. However, I advocated for him during the season. Very proud of him. During during the preseason. Yep. But when it's on the field right now. That thing don't look good. Mm-mm. It doesn't. And I'm at the point now where we need to roll it back and scale it back. And every play that you have Savon Ahmed in, hopefully that goes to Devon Achan. And it will. You hope if he's healthy, if he comes well, back healthy. Well, um, are you doubting that he's coming back for the, the, the Raiders game on November 19th? I am doubting that a guy who had a knee procedure, which he clearly had a knee procedure, 
is going to come back and give you the breakneck speed that he once had. Don't don't assume that just That's because he, oh, I, I agree, and I think I think fans need to be careful about that because I think the assumption is like, okay, there he comes back and it's seventy yard runs all over the place again. Yeah, just because you assume that you know it's just a it's just a scope. Well, <laughs> I, I I had just a scope, and my life has never been the same since. Um, and neither has my knee. So, you know, let's be, let's be, let's be um, a little bit cautious about what our expectations are. But my hope is they'll, they'll at least, I don't need them to be the number one rushing team in the NFL. What I do need them to be is a top five rushing team. And I've said this even before the season started. You want to take some pressure off Tua. You want to help balance out this offense. You know what you need? You need a run game. Now, all of this is not necessarily predicated on the run game because I could tell you I'm way more concerned about the offensive line and what's out there and the semblance of it right now Robert Hunt's walking around he looks like he's fine looks like he'll play either Oakland Oakland either the Raiders I still I still like Oakland I still want to go back they, there. they, be- they belong there I, I hate I hate those franchise movements just like Chargers belong in San Diego yeah anyway like um, to give, give your public well, public stadium welfare and keep it moving. Yeah, you know, um, what I what I don't like about the offensive line is they're getting leakage, and that that's happening all throughout the league. Now, yes, you get Teron Armstead back. Yes, you have Connor Williams healthy, and I believe he practiced on Tuesday, which kind of indicates that hey, I'm fine. I'm not I'm not regressing. I'm I'm doing all right. That growing strain is is something a thing of the past. Yeah, but that was kind of that was a practice. It was yeah. Light. Mm-hmm. This this but this rest period is gonna be phenomenal for them and sure. for everybody's body. Couldn't couldn't have come at a better time. To me, Tehran was 70% of what he is out there on that field against the Kansas City Chiefs. I agree. I agree. If he progresses and gets better you got a better chance. As long as Austin Jackson stays healthy at right tackle, you got a good shot. And Connor Williams is there. But the interior of those guard spots, please, 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 baby Jesus, Rob Rob Hunt, he's got to come back and he's got to come back right. And I can figure out left guard as long as I got Rob Hunt. Now, we did a first and 10 with Rob Hunt, and I hopefully you guys will, will take a look at it, check it out. Um, Rob Rob's a great guy. Um, and I well, part of the reason why I really love doing first and tens and why you guys really love it is because you get to see the player's personality more so than just these interviews or what the Dolphins put out there. Um, and you get to see what they're about. And so hopefully Rob Hunt comes back and we've b- between Lester Cotton, Liam Eikenberg, we'll figure out what to do with that left guard spot. And I think we'll be fine. But my point is, I don't think you could afford another injury on the offensive line. You just can't. You're like, eh, one more can go in. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's that's I, my only thing is, I, I, is that the make or break of the season? Yes, no, the offensive I mean, line is the make or the break of the season because yeah, it, well, it's going to add would pressure. Rather, would you rather Tyreek or Tua get hurt? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean... Obviously, you want to stay as healthy as possible, and 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 again, what I've said all along is every number one. You, as you know damn well, as you said many times, it's it's a game of attrition. Every team's going to get injuries. The Dolphins eventually are going to get pretty much everybody back of of consequence, with the possible exception of Isaiah Wynn. But if we were and who's who's who was off to a very good start, if we were to rank the five Dolphins starting offensive linemen. Where does Isaiah Wynn fit? We're going to be honest well, about it. Five, Sorry? five, five, five. Okay. So, yeah. um, and there, there are other teams around the league who have 
gotten worse. Worse. Yeah. So to me, I mean, the issue with the running game is always going to be, yeah, when they were number one, they were number one in large part for, for a very, very long time with that 350-yard performance against Denver, which, which again, was a great game, phenomenal afternoon and all that, but it was completely crazy in terms of of the occurrence of it. It's just, you just don't see that. I mean, obviously this was a once in a lifetime type of game where everything was working great for the Dolphins. The Dolphins, as we've said all along offensively, is a team that a lot of moving parts and everything's got to be in sync. And it was one of those games where everything was in sync offensively and the Denver defense at some point just gave up because they were like getting run over, run around, you name it. On top of that, it was September in in at Hard Rock Stadium, and yes, I'm going to go there at some point in the second half. The Broncos were like, "We're losing this game. I am. We're going to chase Devon Devon A. Chan all around the field." I mean, it was almost there was one play with the famous replay of like five Denver players who were on their butts uh, as a result of blocking. It was completely crazy. And the question is that 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 kind of running game performance. Is a, com- is, is a complete aberration. It's not something you're going to see. What the Dolphins need to do is be consistent with 120 yards, whatever it is. The, th- the kind of thing that we've, we've seen in the second half of their losses against Philly and against KC. In the first half, there was nothing going on with the running game. In the second half, it came to life a little bit. And it happened again with the Chiefs. And also, when they need to run, they need to be able to run. Yes, they did that on in instances. So, um, correct. They did that at the end of the New England game when they had that drive to to seal it. Did that? Did that at the end of the Kansas City game? So, um, to, yeah. let, let, let's 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 move on from the run game because you know we we do need to address um, the performance of Tua Tungavaloa, who at, is having an MVP caliber season. He was the front runner up until he took that loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Tua is trending upwards. I don't know if he's still the number one rated quarterback in the NFL. Um, I, I'm going to look as we speak. I believe uh, the, the The question and concern that I have is why is he falling short in these critical moments where his team needs him to step up and play big? And I don't have an answer to that right now, uh, but I am concerned. And I think that he's a better quarterback than what he's showing. Yes, he's still the top-rated passer in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is behind him at 96.7. Tua is the only uh, – Tua is uh, – no, I'm sorry. Tua is oh, – Brock Purdy second at 105.4. Yeah, I apologize. I wasn't looking at – um. Yeah, but uh, uh, Brock Purdy and then Kirk Cousins, whose seasons is done, and, and C.J. Stroud, who's having a phenomenal rookie season. Um, why is Tua falling short in these big boy moments? That is a question me? for you, oh. yes. Oh. Don't pretend like you didn't hear me. Well, no, I, I thought you were just – I thought you were you're posing a rhetorical question that you were going to – were you going to answer – I, I don't know that it's as simple because, again, to me, it's like everything works in concert. And if I if I offered some resistance at, at putting all the success early on at Tua's feet, I'm going to damn well do the same and be fair and not put everything at his feet when the Dolphins come up short. That game at Kansas City, for example, that Kansas City and Germany against the Chiefs, for example. Um, to me, like I said, I'm gonna I'd point the finger more at Tyreek Hill than I would at Tua. And then again, the, if we're gonna boil it down to the last two plays um, of the game, I'd still love to know what happened on that third down. Chances, somebody knows. Chances are we will never know because the Dolphins are not gonna tell us. At some point, somebody's going to spill the beans, whether it was a complete mess up by Cedric Wilson Jr. or whether it was Tua who who read the play wrong. I don't know. The fourth down snap, 
It doesn't matter. But, it doesn't, but, but here's the thing, though. Is that two are falling short or is that two plays that went awry? For, for, see, to me, it would be like if he had an open receiver and he was look, off target. Hold on a second, Omar. If he had an open receiver on third down or fourth down and he missed, he was inaccurate with the throw, I'd be a lot quicker to say, yeah, well, two are, two are choked in the, in the big game. I mean, those were fluky plays. Um, it doesn't matter. He puts it on his shoulders. He says it's him. I, I couldn't, no offense, but I couldn't care less what he says at that particular moment because that's what two is going to do. Regard, he could throw a, a ball between. And I admire and that. That's my quarterback. And and it's very, very cool. And, and a ton of quarterback would do the same. And the, those who don't, and those who don't would get chastised for that. But Tua could put the ball between the one and the zero of Tyreek Hill, and it bounced off his chest, and he would say, well, I could have put the ball in a little better place or thrown it more softly or hard, whatever. Tua's going to do that. That's but, my quarterback. That's correct, my quarterback. But that doesn't mean, again, I, I'm not buying this notion that Tua choked against the Chiefs. Sorry, I'm not buying that. that oh, you know, how could you not buy that? Because they were two fluky plays at the end he of choked. the game. You bobbled a snap. You misfired on a third down throw. Philadelphia the game before you threw an interception in the reds in, in, in the red zone in the going in territory with an opportunity to tie the game. You choked two times, big games, big stages. Where, you choked. And this is where this is actually it's as interesting. And I have railed against this in writing in in, in interviews as well. I don't like this. It's got to be one extreme or the other, especially when it comes to Tua. Why can't it be somewhere in the middle? Again, earlier on, and I got crazy flack for it when I was saying, yeah, Tua's putting up crazy numbers, and he's the betting favorite for NFL MVP, but he's also operating in a very, very ridiculous, fastest offense maybe ever seen in the NFL. And now when it falls short, again, should he have handled the snap from Connor Williams? Yeah. Okay. Was it like an, a, an abomination that he couldn't come up with it? No. Um, Should he have hit Cedric Wilson with a deep ball? Yes. Is it an abomination? Again, again I, we don't we don't know exactly what it was. Okay. That's Mike McDaniel took, Mike McDaniel fell on the sword, but you know you you know you know you know who gets paid fifty million dollars to make these plays. If, if, if he does pay, get paid $50 million. Okay. You know, he gets paid $47 million a, a year. Again, to, Omar, it's a miscommunication. And if, and if it's Cedric Wilson, who was supposed to break off the route, although if he was supposed to break off the route, I made the point, and the DB goes with him, that ball is kind of very pickable because there was a floater out there. It's a flo- It was a floater. It was a floater. It yeah. was a bad – whatever it was, it was a bad pass. Even if even if it, it you didn't hit Cedric Wilson – Bad pass in critical moments, botch snap in critical moments, interception in critical moments. This is not the Tua that I know, I love, I support, I believe in. And I view it as something that will feed the beast inside him (laughs) and give him the resolve that he needs in order to keep grinding and keep getting better and keep studying film and make sure that he doesn't make those mistakes. Man, you 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 know what I truly admire about certain people? Okay. Oh, thanks, Omar. I'm sorry. Not, go ahead. Not you. Not you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. Um, Worth a shot. When you make a mistake, when you F up, you own it. You be accountable for it. You, 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 you take ownership of it. And you know what? Not just that, you do the work to correct it. You do the work to make sure that it'll never happen again. I firmly, truly believe that that's not everybody in this world. A lot of people want to excuse it. A lot of people want to point fingers and blame. A lot of people want to justify, well, this happened because of this. This happened because of that. You know what? If you did it, own it. And Two has owned it and now begins the process of working to correct it and ensure that in the second half of this season, 
whenever he's in those situations like he wasn't against the Eagles, that it doesn't end up in an interception. Whenever he's in the situation like he is against Kansas City, he's not misfiring on a pass to Cedric Wilson or bobbling a snap. That's perfectly fine from Connor Williams. He's going to make the plays to execute it, to get it right, because what he ultimately wants is for his team to be playing in February. And if he doesn't get better, that's not going to happen. Be accountable, be present, be forthright, be diligent about doing the work, and you will get what you want. And I believe that Tua is that quarterback. He's got it, and he will use it to get him where he needs to be. That's a great speech, and it's all fine and dandy, but see to me it's it's more it's more than he's got it and he's going to get it because he's got it um, that's cuz you don't believe he's got it you 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 you, you I need, he's a good quarterback but you, here's the thing Omar did he have for, for, and and again starting with the fact that I'm not as hard on him about the circumstances of the KC game the Philly throw was a bad throw on many many levels on that one you want to rail on him go for it okay but if he has it wouldn't they have learned, and he's got the resolve, wouldn't he have learned, based on your hypothesis, wouldn't he have learned from the Philly game and not have those mistakes? Um, Kansas City? You're right. Okay, You're right. Then, then, then. You're right. Based on that, then he doesn't have it. Okay. And In by the, by this the way, small sample size, he has proven or he has shown that he doesn't have it right now when it comes to those elite opponents on the road in those pressure-filled games, the it is not there. I am convicted and believe that Tua is going to be the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins for the next decade. He is going to be a flagship marquee player for the NFL because he has it. And are we seeing it now? No. But I promise you, you'll see it either at the end of this season or you'll see it next season when the struggles Whoa. of this. But hey, hey, let me Whoa. finish. Let me finish. Or the struggles of this season and the disappointment of whatever happens for the rest of the second half of this season just light a fire under him to become even greater. It's part of the process. You don't. Except you don't. Time, except timeout. This is his fourth year. Number one. Oh, okay. How many number years did it take Dan Marino win a Super Bowl? Dan Marino went went to the Super Bowl the second year and set set all that kinds didn't of answer the question. How many years did it take Dan Marino to win the Super Bowl? E-E-A-M, second word, G-A-M-E. Okay. When, let, let's wait till we get there. Uh number one, Omar, I'm gonna I'm gonna use your words against you. You're the one who you have said many, many times. And by the way, yes, Omar is a big time to a supporter. If anybody dares question that. Um you have said many, many, many times this was the this was the year. Now you're this, pushing it back to next year. If he winds up not being able to do it, come on, man. No, I said this was the year he's gonna he's gonna rise to elite status. I'm not changing that tune. You're not, then, but you're not, Eric. You're not. You can't. You can't. You can't. A, did I say it was the year he's gonna win a Super Bowl? No. But you, said you know year, what? This was the year he was being elite. But if you come up short in key moments, how are you elite? Okay, touche. He's he's going to be a marquee quarterback in this league based on what he's done this year, whether he loses in the first round of playoffs or not. Next season, you know who's going to be prime time Monday night football, Sunday night football on on every he Tua because this league is obsessed and ratings are obsessed and his performances are obsessed and his offense is sexy. He is entering the stratosphere of elite. Now, whether he earns or deserves the elite title right now, based on what he's putting up forth on the field, I would say no. You're not showing it, delivering it, putting those kills together. And you failed the team in, against the Eagles, and you failed the team against Kansas City. Don't put it on anybody else but you. And you know, you, you, you I'm not talking about you. No, 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 no. I, I don't agree with you. I'm not putting it on. Tour. I know you don't agree with me. We, 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 we fought about this, but I have higher standards for him than 
You do because you don't believe he has it. I know he has it. Therefore, I know he should have won those games. Except, except. First of all, it's not he; it's a team. Second of all, whatever. Who gets paid? And, and, and I hate and I hate the, the, that term. He has it, or he's him. Oh my lord, drives me nuts. Again, I'm old. It's he a, has it, and he is him. Is, okay. Again, he didn't have it against Philly. He didn't have he did it not. against Casey. But this is where I'm going to go the other side. He had it against the Chargers. And you're going to turn around and say that Justin Herbert didn't have it because his offensive line couldn't protect him and the Dolphins' defense sacked him like three times on the final drive. Um, he didn't rise to the it's occasion. It's always, it's always the same thing with, with me and Herbert. Team. Just the same, exactly. Herbert can throw 70 yards downfield. Herbert can put up all these fake fantasy, fake fake stats. But, you but know what? he does. But he does. And you just look at – you just look at the one game that you saw because they were playing the Dolphins against Minnesota. He brought him back for a fourth quarter win against the Chargers. With, I mean, the, the Raiders with a broken finger, he threw a 50 yard dime on third and ninth to seal the win. Every quarterback is going to have some wins. They're going to have some losses. They don't go from having it to not having it based on the ultimate results. Cause ultimately it's a team game. And for me, before I put Tua in the elite category, I'm not going to use that it. In the elite category, he I said this before, and I have been consistent. He need to he needs to close out a season because the December numbers, December slash January numbers are not good. And that's money time in the NFL. And he cannot be elite or any or I'm gonna fight anybody who says he has it until I see I see it in December or January. 100% valid, 100% accurate. Now, do you have any concerns about the wide receiver unit and all these injuries that are that are adding up? Well, I would start with the premise that the Dolphins – I'm going to get hated again. Oh, my God. Why do I do this to me? Just say it and stop <laughs> worrying about gonna, the haters. Listen, oh, if you're going to roll with me, you're going to get haters. Like it's just that's it's, a very good point. It, it is, it is this is me trying to be realistic, trying to be objective. That I think the Dolphins wide receiver core all along has been maybe a tad overstated with Hill and Waddle and that stupid speed they have. That's a compliment, by the way. Um, nobody, no team can match that. But um Beyond and and now I will give props to Cedric Wilson. He's played well. Uh, then again, he had one catch last week. I mean, it was a nice touchdown catch where he outfought the DB for the touchdown, but it's still only one catch. Uh, but he's done what he's been asked. Uh, I am a little concerned about the depth of wide receiver. Um, Braxton Barrios's injury. Correct. I don't like the fact that I don't like the fact that they had only two wide receivers. And I understand it's a bye week practice, and it was pretty much yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a oh, walk through. The whole unit's banged up. The whole unit's banged up. I know up. it's not four guys missing practice, and then they had the wide receiver tryouts. Um, so, do you are you concerned in the second half? What about Tyreek and that hip injury? I know he wasn't on the practice sport last week, but I'm sorry. She Something. don't get hurt. She don't get hurt, <laughs> and he was he was running fine. He was running fine against KC, just a little bit of a case of the dropsies. Um, he did not – I didn't see him get over – well, no, he got over, not over, completely over the top, but he was. He had one play. One of the drops was on a pass where – the one near the sideline where he, he kind of got behind two guys. He didn't have the flat out, you know, the go route where he got behind not one but two guys. And a, But at some point, you got to think the opposing – defenses are going to get wise to that and like I, it, it boggles my mind I understand he's very he's stupid fast and it's like he's practically uncoverable but I, I also kind of at some point it's like okay he's not going to beat us and Belichick certainly did it the first game 5 for 40 the Chiefs made sure not to let him beat them um, I, I still think he's too fast and he, he he leaves defenses with such a small margin for error that if they're off one step, 
boom, it's a long play. Um, Concern about Waddle's knee injury? That one worries me, the fact that he didn't practice. I mean, it was a walkthrough practice. It was a walkthrough. But again, it was a walkthrough practice. Uh, McDaniel kind of downplayed it before practice yesterday, but he'd also said it's kind of, he said it's something we're going to be careful with. I, I don't remember the exact words. So yeah. I would be more worried about Waddle's knee than I am about Hills, to be honest with you. All right. Well, obviously they're trying out some wide receivers, so there have some issues right now. I would argue to you between Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Braxton Barrios, uh, Chase Claypool, Robbie Chosen. They've arguably got five of the most talented wide receiving core, a, a, a top five wide receiving core that's got more talent than a lot of NFL teams. So they'll, they should figure it out. That doesn't even include River Craycraft and, and Cedric Wilson. So hopefully we can figure out a way to figure it out and to make sure that this offense doesn't take a, a, a backseat um, get into take shift gears down from gear five to gear three. So that's more of the long lines of what we'll be looking for for the second half of the season. Um, later on, on the next episode of All Dolphins Podcast, we will be breaking down what our expectations are and assessments are for the Dolphins defense, which is clearly making us shut the hell up. Old man Vic Fangio's like, told you so. Um, thank you for watching dare, the All Dolphins podcast. Dare you doubt me. Huh? How dare you doubt me? Yeah, how dare you doubt me? Thanks for watching All Dolphins podcast. We we thank you. We're appreciative for everybody who helped us get over 10,000. I haven't set any new goals for the second half of the season. I'm going to let Poupart set those goals. Uh, I, don't, I don't have 20,000. 20, you too? I talked to Dougley Do wrong, and he's like twenty thousand, and I'm just like, "Come on, man! It was so hard to get here to 10. Um, I, I hey, he's the he's the man, so I, I go with what he says. I, I I appreciate everybody. Like, tweet, share. Um, if on the audio podcast, there's a rating system. Hopefully, you can be give, see it in your heart to give us five star ratings. Um, these are all things that help us generate advertising. Advertising is how I actually support myself and how Poupard supports himself. Um, we thank everybody for uh, participating. We'll be here all week, all by week. You're not going to get rid of us. We'll be here. And if you decide to take a bye week from the NFL, we'll be here when you get back. We're on all audio platforms, all Dolphins podcast. We will see you later.